Good morning, friends, and welcome to our 945 service on this Transfiguration Sunday. Welcome to those of you in the room, many more joining us online. Welcome to you who are visiting with us. We're really honored that you've come. We hope you'll come back. Leave us some contact information. Uh, we'd love to get acquainted with you. you if you're uh, a regular, you're wondering, why is James standing in the pulpit? And Uyan's standing over there. Well, he's got a mic issue, and you would not hear him otherwise. And we all want to hear from Uyan Kim. So, James, I wasn't going to mention the mic issue. I was just going to say we're trying something new today from <laughs> each side. We welcome you, friends. It is so good that we're together especially for relatively new or first-time visitors. Let us know who you are so that we may share the ministries of our church and pray with you. There's several ways to do that. There's the hospitality pads at the end of your pews. Please do fill that out and pass it to your neighbors. There's a QR code at the back of your bulletin. For those of us online, wherever you may be, uh, you can click on our virtual hospitality link and let us know of how we can be in touch with you. It is for me, quite strange to say that it's already Lent. Lent is upon us. We have Ash Wednesday this Wednesday. We have services here, of course. We have Imposition of Ashes Wednesday morning at Francis Chapel. The very next day on Thursday, we have a binding screening of a binding truth. You will not want to miss that. Please come join us for that. And do pick up our Lent devotional sponsored by our pastoral care team, Stephen Ministry, at the entrances of the worshiping service here it is good that we are here. There's so much going on, so we invite you to continue to look through our communications so that you may get involved in this journey that is Lent as a family of God. And today, as we gather today, let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
friends, let us be united as we confess the Christian faith and the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in the back of your hymnal 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Gracious God is merciful and present to forgive our sins, especially when we come together as a family of God to confess our sins together. So I invite you to turn to our bulletin as we pray the prayer of confession in unison. Pray with me. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too hidden even to realize, and too deep to undo. Forgive what we hesitate to name what our hearts can no longer bear. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed and grant us grace to grow into your likeness. Amen. Hear the good news, Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning with the first verse. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And the sons of the prophets came out and said to Elisha, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, yes, I know it, hold your peace. Then Elijah said to Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted 
till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet it shall be so for you. And as they still went on and talked, behold, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The gospel reading is Mark, chapter 9, beginning in the second verse. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his garments became glistening, intensely white, as no fuller on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking to Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here. Let us make three booths, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were exceedingly afraid. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jan, I'm glad you got that mic working. I was about to have to resort to my story about the Episcopal priest who stood up and said, there's something wrong with this mic. And the people said, and also with you. <laughs> I, uh, Scott, thank you for these readings. I love uh, both of these passages. Uh, and the first, so poignant, the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven. And Elisha just keeps following him around. He, he's, he's in denial. He has some anticipatory grief. Uh, I don't know. He, he won't leave Elijah alone. Well, Elijah's ready to go be alone. It reminds me of the scene. I wonder if Tolkien thought of it in The Lord of the Rings where uh, Frodo says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Mordor alone. And Sam says, well, of course you are, and I'm going with you. And he jumps in the water and nearly drowns. He says, I made a promise not to leave you made a promise not to leave you. Elisha didn't want to leave Elijah, but Elijah left him. I remember holding the hand of a seminary classmate of mine who was 23 years old as she was dying at the Duke Medical Center. She said, James, you, you, you can go home now. I said, Daniel, I'm, I'm not going to leave you. Uh, but she did leave me that night. I told this uh, the next morning to my professor, my great life mentor, Roland Murphy, and I love his response. He just said, she's with God. He went to be with God years later. I called him on his birthday, his last birthday, the day before he died. Didn't know at the time. And uh, he was very feeble, suffering from emphysema, too many years of smoking. And um, 
Then he died the next day with considerable panache. He was a scholar of the prophet Elijah, and he died on the feast day of Elijah. It was like, hey, what cool timing. The day that Jesus uh, was shining on the mountain, I mean, Jesus normally looked like a normal person. He was, he was dusty and grimy and had calluses, worked with his hands and everything else. But then there was that day that the God who created the light, God who created the stars and the sun and the moon, all light, God filled Jesus' garments and his body with light. Hey, what was this? It was like, like it, was, it was a little glimpse into the glory that will be like in our mundane life, just this just glimpse. And, 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 and time, the time factor, right? Because he appears with Elijah and Moses. Uh, Elijah's been gone 900 years. Moses has been gone 1,200 years. But, but there they are. And no wonder it says the disciples did not know what to say. What an understatement. What an understatement. It was a window, a glimpse. The God who created heaven and earth is always trying to narrow that gap, and in this case, God just punctured a hole in it so that we could see into the glory to come. And this was important because the disciples were just on the heels of Jesus telling them that he would go to Jerusalem and suffer terrible things and be crucified for the darkness of the road to come. Jesus said, here is the glory that will come at the end Easter. Easter is coming. Somebody, somebody recently asked me if when I talk about things like Jesus being raised from the dead or Jesus shining one day. <laughs> Love this. person said, you're a bright guy. Do you really believe those things? Or that, is that just kind of the company line? Like they tell you you have to say that. Like, what a great question. <laughs> and I said, it's not the company line. It's my life line. If I were a plumber, if I were a brick mason, that would be the center of my life. It's the thing I believe. It's why I'm here. We're always looking, aren't we, for transfigurative moments. And sometimes they just dawn on you when you least expect it. It's why you get dreamy when you come to this church on Christmas Eve and we raise our candles as we sing Silent Night. Boy, that distance between heaven and earth is so narrow at such a point. You hold a newborn child. You meet up with an old friend you haven't seen for years and you embrace and you swap stories and it's just a lovely thing. I love um, Kate Bowler was with us um, a couple of weeks ago, and she has a podcast with Beth Moore, this great Christian writer, and Beth was telling her about her marriage, which is a difficult, it's a challenging marriage. And she said sometimes, though, they're watching TV and there's something that happens on the screen that's the kind of a, the tearjerker moment. And she said, my husband just reaches over and just takes my hand. It's a beautiful moment. Maybe it's the first flower that blooms in spring. Maybe it's the ashes that you will feel pressed on your forehead at our services this week at 11 or 7. Maybe it's a compelling, moving story. This movie, Binding Truth, is one of the most moving stories I have seen in a long time. Two guys who grew up together in Charlotte didn't know each other. They were black and white kids at a school at a distance. And then they lived across the country, but then they met back up and discovered they shared this odd ancestral link, and now they're best friends. Such a moving story. Sometimes it happens when you hold the hand of someone who's dying. Maybe you've done that. It's a grievous moment. It's a beautiful moment. I'm sorry if I'm not in my most cheerful mood today. This has been a sad week for many of us here at our church. Jimmy Jones, our uh, former director of music, worked here for a decade, died unexpectedly 
Uh, last Sunday morning, 41 years old, way too young. He was probably too young when we hired him. He looked like he was 15. He was actually 29. Some people said, you can't hire a 29-year-old for the job. You know, I hired this guy. He was amazing. He was brilliant. He was incredible. But as I said at his funeral, I had a service for him down east near Sanford yesterday afternoon. I said at his funeral, people admired Jimmy's genius and talent and accomplishments, but it was way more than that. So many people here said, he was like a son to me. He was like a brother to me. He was my best friend. He was all these things. So much love, so much love. We did not know last Sunday that he was about to leave us. But he's now with God. People speaking at the service yesterday kept saying he's with God. I said he's with God, although I added I'd way rather still have him here. But he's with God, and ours is to carry on. Something that was important to Jimmy, he told it to the musicians all the time, is that we're trying, we're trying to sing in a way, not that people say, wow, they're great musicians, but rather that we would find this thin place. It's an old Celtic concept. The thin place where the distance between heaven and earth becomes very, very narrow indeed. It often happens in the music, you know, maybe during a great choral anthem or we're singing Silent Night on Christmas Eve or... At our Christmas concert, I think uh, Jimmy helped everybody fall in love with I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day, which has that powerful moment, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. I mean, you're just almost to heaven when you hear such a thing. Um, yesterday, I spoke with uh, Danny, the organist, who was Jimmy's original organ teacher when Jimmy was just a kid. And we both shared before the service that at some point we'd had a conversation, each of us, with Jimmy, asking him to play certain things on the organ at our funeral. It never dawned on us that we would be presiding over his funeral. When Jimmy and I had this conversation, I said, I want the FET key. I want the FET key. The choir knows this uh, anthem. It's really uh, glorious. It has these words, O Lord our God, the majesty and glory of your name transcends the earth and fills the heavens. O Lord, our God, little children praise you perfectly, and so should we, and so should we. I love the day I met Jimmy. We sat up in the balcony there for two or three hours and just talked endlessly about music and life and God and a great many things. And I love that he asked me that day, will I get to work with the children? Most people for such a job might ask me, well, I have to work with the children. But Jimmy said, well, I get to work with the children. He was just a child himself. Jesus told us to become like children. Like, what does that mean? If you get old and cynical and you're a realist, you hear a story like Jesus shining and you go, yeah, I'm not sure about that. You ask the preacher, do you really believe Jesus was raised from the dead? We're, we're such cause and effect minimalist flatlanders down here. Children, children help us so much. Children really believe Grandpa's in heaven and he can hear me talking to him tonight. Children believe that there's a wardrobe and you can walk through it and you're in the land of Narnia. Children believe that Sam and Frodo get some order, but then eagles come and carry them back to Rivendell and it's a real place and there's so much glory. Children believe in love. Children believe the future is 
bright. Children see that the life, that life is so very beautiful. Here's something crusty realists may not believe, but maybe children can. We come to our Lord's table speaking of thin places. You know, we try to minimize the distance between heaven and earth, and it, it's going to be so small today. Here's how small it's going to be. When you come forward, uh, the clergy will hand you a piece of bread. And it just looks like a piece of bread, but what we believe, we children believe, is that that piece of bread somehow mystically is Jesus himself. Like the distance between you and Jesus, it's pretty small because you've got him in your hand, and then it gets even smaller because you take it into your body. There is no distance between you and what is in your own body. Whether you know it or not, you walk out of here today with Jesus in you. Like how glorious, how wonderful, how hopeful. That's why we can face things like partings with hope, with grief, with gratitude, with assurance. The curtain's been pulled back. We've gotten a peak of the glory, and it's so beautiful. Thanks be to God. Let's prepare our hearts for prayer. Creator God, in the beginning you said, let there be light, and there was light. Shine the light of your grace, love, and mercy on us as we gather for worship. On this Transfiguration Sunday, show us who you are and how we can become more like you. Help us to see you in all your glory the Word made flesh. And may this glory, through the Holy Spirit, transform our lives. O oh God, in a world filled with hate and injustice, inspire us to build tabernacles of justice, peace, and love until the earth is full of your glory, just as the waters cover the sea. Lord, in your mercy. Oh, Jesus, on this day when you revealed your glory to your disciples, reveal your glory to us. As we gaze on the splendor of your love, help us to love you and our neighbors. Show us how to love and care for all people, regardless of culture, or race, so that we might learn to live in peace with one another. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God of all people, we pray for the nations around the world who struggle to survive from day to day. We bring to you those who grapple with the lack of options, inequality, and injustice where there's war, crime, violence, and inadequate health care and portable water, Lord, we ask that you would be present. 
We pray today for all those among us who are sick, for our shut-ins, for the lonely, and for the depressed. We especially today pray for those who mourn as we remember the families of Hank, Megan, and Jimmy Jones in their days of pain and grief. Lord, in your mercy, Finally, O oh God, we pray for your church, the body of Christ in the world. Bless each leader and follower alike. Unite us in witness and service as we confront our many challenges and make us instruments of your peace, a people committed to bringing your light in this dark world. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Today we celebrate the uh, women's retreat, over 100 women on retreat this day. Uh, all the ministries of this church are so special, and they're made possible by your generous tithes and offerings. So in advance of your offerings today, I give you thanks.
O Lord, with thanksgiving we offer our gifts to you. May these offerings become a source of hope for those who are in need in this church family and the community beyond us. For it is in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. what a privilege to come to this thin place of our Lord's table in the United Methodist Church all all are welcome at our Lord's table we hope that you will come we'll begin with the prayers of consecration we'll sing the responses the choir will guide us in doing so you can find them on page 17 and 18 in front of your hymnal after the leaders receive the ushers will guide you in coming forward there will be two standing stations at the back one at the front and one at the back uh, somebody hand you a piece of bread, dip it gently under the cup, return to your seat. You can receive kneeling if you would like. We also have um, COVID-friendly, gluten-free packets for those who need that because all are welcome at our Lord's table. So friends, let us join together now in the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. And lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving you thanks, he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, again he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. For this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy
Friends, would you join with me now in our prayer after communion, which you will find printed in your bulletin? Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us, both now and forevermore.